Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I am joined by Tanya Boygenzan, and we're going to be talking about why yoga and is yoga still relevant today? You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zalmer, and I'm editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. So today, our guest, Tanya, she is the owner and director of Devanati Yoga and Thai Yoga Bodywork <clears throat> in Minneapolis, devoted to sharing the gifts of yoga, wellness, and well-being with clarity, fun, ease, and joy. She's a longtime daily practitioner and teacher dedicated to the constant evolution of her own soul, as well as connecting students from all walks of life to living in light and reaching their fullest potential. Her background is diverse with, with including a rich study of tantric Hatha yoga, Ayurvedic yoga therapy, meditation, Ashtanga vinyasa, restorative, prenatal, and more. A gypsy at heart, Tanya loves to travel and lead retreats around the world. She sees clients and trains others in Thai bodywork, Reiki, and mentors students to deepen their personal practice and teaching. Outside of yoga, she enjoys biking Lake Harriet, cooking Thai curries, hiking in national parks, and cheering on her teenage son, River, in his favorite sports. Welcome, Tanya. I'm a fellow gypsy at heart. <laughs> Thanks, Amy, for having me. Hey, I just yes. want to, I know I just have to say this, but I'm a Tanya, not a Tanya. So just Sorry. So all of you out there listening, um, I'm like suntan, and I like to be in the sun and travel. So thank you. I just wanted to make that clear. So we could yes my apologies yeah. it's all good I'm glad to be here thanks for inviting me so it's really lovely to see you and spend some time with you yeah and our topic today of why yoga and is yoga still relevant today I'm excited to dive into this with you and kind of explore um your your philosophy around this so where would you like to jump in hmm. well it's a topic I've been talking a lot about with with my colleagues and some students and myself um we've gone through a, a pandemic yeah uh, in some ways we've had uh, area we've had lots of um, unrest George Floyd we've had yeah um Know, just the news with everything going on you know we all are experiencing these things um personally i've had some big changes in my life in the last couple of years and have had to really take a look at my priorities and be okay letting some things go and um and making some changes and the question of why yoga um it comes up because it as somebody who's been teaching in the yoga community at large in the twin cities for a long time you know, we're going through so much change that sometimes when we have those upheavals, people lean into certain things. And 
some people lean heavier into <clears throat> their yoga practice and meditation practice through these big global changes and some turn away from it. And yeah. so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk a little bit about what's the advantage to pushing through uh, the challenges of constant change or fear or doubt um, to access the gift that yoga brings us. And what are the, what, what are the obstacles to doing that? And I think that's it's something we should talk about in our community because some people I'm finding are um, feeling so numb with all the changes or yeah. I was working with somebody recently who said she feels indifferent and she wishes she had a spark to be able to be more in the world or serving others. She's just indifferent. And I just, my heart just hurt when I, yeah. I heard her say that, that she's indifferent to even feeling this spark. I wish I could feel a spark, but I just don't, and I don't even care. So I was grateful because she did come in for a one-on-one. I was like, well, see, something is seeking change and support in a positive way. So you're here, maybe you don't feel it yet, but, um, you know, just reminding people that there are, there's a wealth of resources out there for support and that, um, yoga is not dead, (laughs) you know, it's, it's changing as it needs to. And I think, you know, with trying to make yoga more accessible to many different types of people with different backgrounds and make it more diverse and allow, um, the gift of yoga to be present in many different environments. That's what's really being asked of us as teachers right now is to find new ways to present it and also find new ways to give access to yoga. Uh, so I'm definitely passionate about that. And I think the other thing too, is a lot of people just still don't know what it is. They think it's just a bunch yes. of yoga poses. Yeah. So that's something I'm very, very passionate about is redefining that word for people and say, Hey, yoga isn't asana or poses it's a rich tradition of mind body spirit centering to help calm the agitation of the mind so that we can live in this body with a wholehearted sense of self and then you know come and do what we came here to do you know you don't just sequester yourself from the world i think there's a lot of misconceptions yeah. around what yoga is supposed to be that we're supposed to withdraw from society you sit, you know, I just talked to somebody last night. He's like, I can't meditate. I just sit and nothing happens. My yeah. mind just races. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. Meditation is called a process. Practice. You can't, I mean, <laughs> yes. It is. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's time right now um, to go back to basics for some people to just reintroduce things in a foundational level and then be reminded of the joy of, oh, I feel more stable or wow, I got a break from that really challenging situation in my life or these decisions I have to make, I'm struggling because I'm burning all this energy trying to decide that, you know, we can go do intense um, exercise and things like that, but there's something different about the way yoga acts on our body's chemistry and our subtle body that sets us up so we can have more access to what we really want and um, our inner knowing. So I get excited when I talk to people that tell me those things because I, you know, rather than try to convince them right away that, oh, no, 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 you're doing it wrong kind of thing. It's more like, tell me more. What have you been doing? What else have you tried? And then, you know, just kind of plant the seed that, you know, there are other methods and ways to help you with your goal, which isn't necessary to meditate, but is to feel a sense of peace or to have a break from your constant onslaught of duties. You know, there's, and, and it's also very personal, you know, something that I work on a lot in my practice and teaching 
is developing that personal practice where you aren't just doing a random set of yoga poses or tools because somebody else put them together and put a label on it. But it's really more therapeutic in the sense that you're doing what works for your unique energy and where you're at in your life. We all need different things. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of what we teach at my school and uh, how we train teachers is to develop an understanding of those tools and then be able to use them in unique ways. So I feel like yoga can definitely uh, blossom as we move forward into the coming years with a little bit more attention to um, the individual as opposed to the brand. You know, I get to serve the students a little bit more. It's gotten a little bit big box. Not bad as so many people are exposed to it, but it just feels like it's time for it to continue to stay relevant to make it more about how does it affect one who's doing the practice in a room full of yogis. You know, it's it's hard to manage that balance, but there's ways to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about you? What do you think? Yeah. And I mean, I I've done yoga since my 20s in college, you know, when I was first introduced to it. And I was just talking about this on one of my recent podcasts, but like, you know, I started out with yoga as more like an exercise yoga, right? Like that's how I was introduced to it. I had no idea it was more than just poses. Um, and then as I got more into it over the years and and discovered a new teacher and a new understanding of it. Um, and then in 2014, I had a traumatic brain injury and some other injuries and I turned to yoga. I, I just knew that yoga is what would help me. And Yes, I did. Like I can only do a tiny bit of asana. Like I, I had, you know, dislocated sternum and and dysautonomia, so I couldn't do inversions. And but I turned to the meditation side of it and the spiritual side of it, and you know, it's really what helped get me through. And it's why I'm so passionate about working with other brain injury survivors because I know mm-hmm. the healing power that that yoga holds. And I think collectively, you know, you were talking about how people feel numb. You know, I just, there is, there's this collective numbness where what, two and a half years into the pandemic now. And um, I think people are just, they don't know what to do. And during that pandemic, like you said, we had George Floyd, we've, we've had all these other natural disasters and all these other things on top of it. And like, people want to do something, but they're just, they don't know how, and they're just feeling so apathetic. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think yoga can help us get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to share too, you know, I can sit here and talk about how great it is, but I also had to go through my own journey with it, with some losses in my family, including losing one of my teachers and um, or separating is maybe a better word. Uh, but there are some times when I just wanted to say F you yoga. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, it's just, there's everything that we try to avoid is in this too, but, you know, spending some time and just honoring those feelings and recognizing that there are many ways to practice yoga. They don't always have to look like they're on, on your yoga mat, but you know, every day I meditate and I check in with myself and there's rituals that I've had for years and years and years that never stopped during the process of me trying to figure out like what, what is my practice? Um, 
And, and honestly, a lot of it is just embodiment. You know, when we're stuck in our homes and when we have had all these fears, we might be stuck in the physical home, but sometimes our energy is so cast out with all the news and the sensory overload that we kind of get disconnected from this space. So I know for myself, I just got more into like riding my bike or doing walks or running even a little bit, or I started going to bar classes and really mixing up how I was in my body almost to create a better identification with this home and respect it in a different way. So I spent some of this last couple of years just getting more grounded in a unique way. I've spent so many years, you know, over 20 doing yoga and wellness full time that my world is unique that rarely do I come out and I'm in the world doing worldly things. And so that creates its own unique split, right? Um, So certain things force me to kind of come back and be in the physical world. So now it just feels like integration. So when I'm working with students or clients right now, I think we're all a little bit on a journey to find the sacred and all this mucky muck and, and see that there is so much goodness here. I mean, I'm really optimistic. I'm like that in general and I'm a Sagittarius, but (laughs) the, which makes me even more of an optimist, but I just feel like, um, sometimes it's so easy to get overwhelmed by all the world problems and then you have your own and then you just feel powerless. And if we can just focus right now on the present moment and just do what we can for today and just try, you know, just to try a little bit of something, you know, it says it in the Gita, every effort, doesn't matter how small moves you in the direction towards your own self realization towards the goal. And the thing is that we're in this culture where everything is so much like I do this and I get this, I do this and I get this, that our patience and our, our a vision to see like the small little ripple I create today might create the big shift that I'm really looking for in four to six months or 10 months or a year or something. But you have to be able to hold the potential for that. And that's where I think if we could do any kind of yoga practice as a community is just to develop that that strength and the fortitude and the the faith in oneself. These are all yoga virtues, by the way, too. And then to just remember to keep showing up for yourself. And all of a sudden that wheel starts to turn and the momentum changes. Mm. But you know, if we don't have a pa- a plan or um, you know, for me it's more about daily routines or daily rituals. Like big book that I read uh, earlier this year is called Atomic Habits by, I can see right now, James Clear. And it's so great all about stacking habits and that, you know, we often see this, um, that you have to practice a lot to get something that you want. And we know that to be true. Um, But he really makes the case for that, that we underestimate the power of tiny little things, but we do them yeah. every day yeah. to create that positive change. And so he has a whole bunch of articles and things like that in there. But I would, I would just like to see that from, from the yoga community that is suffering and trying to figure out if yoga is still relevant for them is try to not spend so much time trying to do so much or so big or so much time, but like smaller chunks, but more consistently Yeah, and see if that 
creates the ripple that you're looking for. And it's more sustainable for many people. Big change is not easy to yeah. manage no, uh, when there's already not. been so many. Yeah. And, you know, like there's just power in numbers too, right? Like I feel like that's, you know, a part of yoga too is the community and being in a community. And I, I know you're also a Reiki practitioner. Um, and we've had a couple calls where all of us Reiki masters get on a Zoom and we just send Reiki out to the world. And it's so mm-hmm. powerful. Like we could all individually just do it at home, but having us all come together on that Zoom call, it like just the presence, I don't know, like it just feels so much more rich and powerful. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's how yoga is too, right? When we come together and practice um, in community. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's powerful. The, yeah, you know, the ha- people in numbers, um, we feed off each other's energies, right? <laughs> I think you paused for a moment, but I think right, you're here now, sure. Tanya. Yeah, same. I know. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Technology. I think one other thing I, I thought about sharing. Yeah. Zoom is always getting a little bit stuck every once in a while, but um. You know, the other thing I thought about chatting with you about too is just um, like what the future of yoga looks like. You know, mm-hmm. is it just going to be yoga classes and people coming right. together? And I, I mean, again, as a teacher of the system and a, a dedicated student, I mean, I just love to study and I can just geek out and wish I could do that all day. Um, but I'm, I, I feel like still we just scratch the surface with what yoga could be in our community and our culture. I still feel like we're just working on getting our bodies more comfortable and finding a little bit of space or as a silence. Um, I'd love to see that deepen in our community where we're together, coming together and, you know, working through more of our issues and, and elevating our energy and then just really having so much confidence to go into the world and, and do the things that we need to do. And I think we do that already. Um, but I still feel like yoga is like, like it, it just has room to grow is what I'm trying to yeah. say. So, yeah, I think, I think it's been um, misunderstood for so long, right? Like, yeah. like most people like me, when I first came to it, I thought it was just an exercise. I had no idea how much more there was to yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I start a new teacher training group, so many of the students are like, whoa, you know, I thought it was just coming for some asanas, but there's so much more. And it's exciting. People are really happy to find a system and a philosophy and a worldview that's very life supportive and encourages you to really be your best self. And it has tools. I mean, it's been proven. And so I think, you know, if anything, you know, that kind of initial, oh, wow, I didn't know, I didn't know so much, you just getting over that and then being excited to know that there's so much more to learn. That's exciting for students too. So in our programs, we get a lot of people that are just seekers and they want to self-study and have a community to be in practice with and just to learn more too. 
So I think, you know, for people out there listening that are wanting to go deeper, that's always options. Like what's the joke, you know, don't sign up for a yoga teacher training if you don't want to change. (laughs) 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 Often you can really create a lot of powerful growth in any kind of um, program or immersion or something like that too. It's a good time to do something like that. I feel, I guess maybe that's what made me want to talk about this today is it just kind of feels like we're coming to the end of a cycle where, yeah, you know, how many more times are we going to get this shock of being held back? And, you know, this is really all about, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think we're, I feel like we're coming, like there's, we're ending a cycle and, you know, whether that's the pandemic or if it's bigger than that, I'm not sure, but I totally feel that too. Um, you know, and I think as every year as we come into fall, it always, that's my favorite season. It just always feels like a metaphor metamorphosis to me as we come into fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful time of the year and it's, um, it's a great time to, again, start those routines again with fall. There's just from an Ayurvedic perspective, perspective, there's so much change again. And I keep bringing that up, but I think that's one of the biggest issues that we've all been dealing with is just too much change. And then it yeah. creates and then dependency no on certain things and a lot of them aren't healthy. And what? The unknown, what the uncertainty. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So there's um, been a lot of that right now in our world. Yeah. Yeah. And that can s- just feel like there's no foundation and it's uncomfortable. So, you know, one thing too, I think we could try to condition ourselves. Well, that's taken care of. Now I can let it go. But you can take your name, create that is for you, find a place to rest. And that's why we practice is it kind of comes in and reminds you that everything is eternal and everything changes and our attachment to what we want and how we tend to feel comfortable is something that we can actually shift our perspective with too. But with fall season too, I mean, one thing. I don't know when this will air, but um, something that's helped me a lot too is when I was a lot younger, I would really struggle in October. I would just, all the change and everything happening, I would just, my mood would get all disturbed. And um, and so I learned, this was even before I knew about Ayurveda, I was like, wow, I really need to go to bed at the same time every night and I need to eat at the same time. Like I found that I, when I had my routine set up, all that vata or wind that's moving around, it just help me feel more organized. And, you know, this is a great time to start to think about, although not quite yet, we're still in summer and I, I really love summer. I don't want it to be. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. It goes but, too um, fast. It does, but it's, you know, fall is such a great time to do a cleanse, you know, to do some sort of withdrawal of the senses, a little pratyahara, whether it's, you know, change your diet for a few days or take a fast from social media or um, from news, but just letting all of your sensory organs and your physical organs get a break and, and they get more 
robust so that when you come into that fall season, there's a lot less already kind of coming in with you. I just highly recommend that as well. So I'm, it's, I mean, next week is August and um, I'm doing a little mini cleanse next week just to get some heat out of my system, which has been building. So not a very big one, but just a little one. Well, but in the fall, I like to do a longer one, just makes a big difference. Well, Tanya, this has been such a great conversation. Um, I want to make sure we take a moment to mention your websites um, so people can find you either at devanadiyoga.com or at tanyaboygenzon.com. And as always, we'll have a clickable link in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, you can go to the show notes and click through. Um, But what can people expect to find on your websites? Yeah, thanks. Um, so on the Devanati Yoga website, so that's um, my yoga school, and um, it's it's really a the the place is it lives virtually, and it, there is a bricks and mortar place. But we offer yoga teacher training at the two hundred hour, three hundred hour level. Uh, we have programs that start in September as well as January, and sometimes we do summer programs too. Um, we I do a Thai yoga body work. Pro, uh, training and we train and then we have a bunch of guest teachers. So I'm hosting Judith Lassiter and Gary Crasso coming up later this year. And um, just an amazing curriculum of study, continuing education um, and amazing faculty as well too. So I should, people should check it out. There are workshops and I do class series, uh, but we're not a traditional yoga studio. We focus mostly on, mostly on higher education, retreats um, and training. So helping to deepen uh, people's experience of yoga and it's a place to come like if you've already done teacher training come and take some continuing ed or meet some amazing teachers um, but we also run retreats through Devanati too so there's one in Costa Rica in May next year that just opened for registration and then I have one this fall at Wild Rice Retreat up in Bayfield Wisconsin the end of October and that's on there too and my Tanya Boykins on website that's just my stuff so it just has the things that I teach on there some are with Devanati through, so I'm hosting myself and then um, other places that I teach as well. I put those on there. So it's just a separate um, website for that. Awesome. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a lovely conversation. Thank you for taking the time today. Thank you. It's really great to see you and have a really good rest of the day. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting it through a Patreon membership for just $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zalmer. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you all in the next episode.